a journey of faith, fulfilling God's promises. Abraham never saw God's promises to him fulfilled. Moses saw the fulfillment of God's promises, but never entered into the land. Simeon held God's promise in his hands. Joseph raised God's promise as his son, and yet so much more. The wise men searched for God's fulfillment, found it, and worshipped him. What about today's believer? I cannot speak for you, only for myself. Many people picture God's plan for our future as everybody in heaven sitting around Jesus' feet wearing halos and white robes forever, which is weird because the Bible doesn't actually ever talk about that. The Bible talks about God's kingdom in this earth we're standing on right now being finally united. God's kingdom coming on earth, this earth, and God's will actually being done on this earth, just like it's done in heaven. That's what God promised us. That's what I prayed for all my life and never really knew what I was thinking about or praying for. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The more I try to picture that, the more it's like trying to grow, grab a hold of spilt pudding. What will it be like to inhabit my body when it has been resurrected into an imperishable life? When I'm healed not only of any disease, but also the curse of old age. And God be thanked when my brain no longer even remembers how to be a slave to sin. When I no longer have to struggle with myself to try to love God. What will peace on earth even look like? Not just no more wars, but actual peace. Rulers serving their people. Nations honoring and uplifting others, each other. Cultures enjoying each other, sharing their treasures. When the living God of Israel is seen and adored by all the world. What will it be like when God himself is living with us in this very world? When the knowledge of God and the goodness of his love fills the earth like water fills the oceans. When the rightness of his justice gives relief and peace to everyone. And each person truly loves their neighbor. What will it be like for humans to exercise the dominion over nature that God created us, us to have? Protecting, nurturing, beautifying, and enjoying the whole living world of our dear planet. When animals don't fear us, plants flourish for us, the very microbes obey us because all life can rejoice under our loving rule, as God created it to do. Will even the galaxies feel the ripple when God's children are revealed? Is it beyond your imagination like it's way beyond mine? Because that promise is being fulfilled. Jesus has come and has shown us what that life, true life in God's kingdom, looks like. He has broken the power of the broken world and invited us to live with him now in his kingdom that is coming. He has already begun the takeover. And he has told us to be ready for him to fulfill this amazing promise when he comes again to finish his work and gain the final victory. What will it be like when he finds us awake and alert and pressing forward into his kingdom of truth and love when all God's people can truly say, Amen. Forgot to push the button. The promise of a new kingdom. There's no question we need a new kingdom, right? I mean, if you just look around right now, you can tell we need something new. We need a new kingdom. And that promise is made. We, at Christmas Eve, we looked at the promise of a new king and how that is fulfilled in Jesus. 
And the new king brings with him a new kingdom, and it makes sense. But what do you think about when you think of kingdom? Do do you think castles and and people in weird costumes and and, uh, courts and knights and and that kind of stuff? That's what we think about. And, and, and I have to admit, I like movies from that era, you know, that the, the movies that are, that are around that era are really good because they talk about honor and they talk about living to a code and, and, and stuff that, that appeals to me. So, so I like that, but that's not what's promised. What's promised is a new kingdom. And, and it's a new kind of kingdom because Christ is a new kind of king. Uh, you know, when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, which, by the way, those, those two are used interchangeably. Um, it's used over 80 times in the New Testament. Most of them are in the Gospels. And the majority of that is from the lips of Jesus talking about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And when he uses this, this phrase, most of the time, even then, even when Jesus said it, he was misunderstood. Because how many times do we read in the Gospels where the, where the uh, disciples are saying, okay, so your kingdom is coming now then? They, they thought the kingdom of, of, of heaven, the kingdom of God that Jesus brought was, was all about political power, that he was going to kick the Romans out of Israel and, and, and set up a kingdom. But that's not what he was talking about. So what is he talking about? What does this phrase, kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, mean as, as we follow it through the New Testament? In Matthew 3, 2, John the Baptist says, and we, said, we, we read this earlier, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Then Matthew four seventeen, Jesus, it's the same words on Jesus' lips. It says, then, from then on, Jesus began to pre- preach, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. So it's the same words on Jesus' lips. So Jesus brings the kingdom, but how exactly does this all work? Well, Jesus teaches about the kingdom quite a bit also. He teaches in in Matthew 7, 21. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. So... Entering the kingdom of heaven has to do with Jesus, and it has to do with obedience. Now, I know we hate that word. We hate, hate the idea of obey. But, but listen to what Jesus has to say, and, and you'll see that obedience to him is, is simple. It is simply believing in him. And so he goes on in, in, in Matthew 6. Kevin talked about this. We, we, he teaches his disciples to pray for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then in Matthew 13, Jesus tells his disciples, he's, he's, he's telling them parables, he's teaching in parables, and he tells them the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you to know. So the people who know the secrets are the people who are followers of Jesus. They know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, as, as he says. So, so we have this new king. Jesus is our new king, and he brings the new kingdom with him. That's a new kind of kingdom. It's not castles and, and courts and, and funny costumes and knights. It's a realm where we live. 
In John 18, Jesus is facing Pontius Pilate. And Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? And, And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. So he's not talking about an earthly kingdom yet. Because then later in excuse me, in Matthew 25, Jesus says that he will bring his kingdom here. And so there is a sense that the kingdom comes with Jesus, is with Jesus, is with all of those who know Jesus, but but there's still a not yet to it. There's still more to come. It is, in a sense, growing as as time goes on, it's brought by Jesus, it's in Jesus, it's here for believers in Jesus, but it's also yet to come. So this promise of a new kingdom has come, is coming, and is yet to come. You know, salvation is presented the same way in Scripture. I am being saved, I am saved, I am being saved, I will be saved. Salvation is presented this way. And so salvation and the kingdom are linked. Because if you're not saved, you're not in the kingdom. And so as as you come, so think about this in terms of, of the kingdom of heaven. That means that if we are disciples of Christ, then we take the kingdom of heaven everywhere we go. That it is literally growing salvation by salvation around the world. You take it into your sphere of influence, the people you work with, your neighborhood. You take the kingdom of heaven in because you have it in Jesus. So that we we can see how these are linked. I am saved, the kingdom has come. I am being saved, the kingdom is And I will be saved. The kingdom is yet to come. He will set up his rule here. Uh, Many call this the millennial reign or the thousand year reign. He will have his kingdom here. He says so in Matthew 25. But for now, for today, the kingdom is here because believers are here. Because those who believe in Christ are here. Those who are saved and being saved are here. So this is, this is not a kingdom of geography. It's not a kingdom of territory and walls. It is literally a kingdom that is spreading today. It's spreading in you and through you to, to everyone around you. This is a, a completely new kind of kingdom because Jesus is a completely new kind of king. Think about the differences between a normal king and Jesus. The normal king is coronated in in a throne room with royal robes in in the center of the king's court. Jesus became king in a stable with a manger for a throne and swaddling cloths. A new king is, is brand new. He is crowned a brand new king. This king, Jesus, has existed from ancient of days and has just come brand new as a baby. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. And so this is a completely new kind of king. So he brings a completely different new kind of kingdom. A kingdom like we've never seen before. 
And he's a king like we've never seen before. What king has laid down his life for his people? Jesus. Jesus is the king, yet he died in your place to save you. This is a completely different kind of king and a completely different kind of kingdom. There's an Old Testament uh, scholar named Graham Goldsworthy, and he summarized the kingdom of God this way. He said it is God's people in God's place under God's rule. And that's a great way to describe this, this sphere of the kingdom of God, God's people, those who have come to Christ, those who know Christ, those who have recognized Christ as king, God's people. In God's place. Now, where is God's place? Everywhere we go. We take the kingdom with us, so it's everywhere we go. So it's everywhere. Under God's rule. That's the one we have trouble with. Because we don't want to give up who's king. We, we tend, as human beings, to want to be king, not recognize someone else's king. But there's some, there's some great comfort in knowing. And we've seen it in practice this year, haven't we? We're not in charge. We're not on the throne. We didn't choose any of, of what happened this year. But we saw God work through all of it. We saw God's sovereignty. And we, and we at, at least to some degree, we surrendered our own sovereignty. Because it was just completely beyond what we could do. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. Just a few short weeks ago, we looked at Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. How we've been rescued from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of Christ. It's important, this is an important verse, like the idea of Christ being king. If we, are, if we have a new king, that means the old king has no authority in our life anymore. The old king of selfishness and pride and lust and desire, <coughs> excuse me, those things have no authority over us anymore because we have a new king. Jesus, a king born in a manger that we just celebrated. We have a new king. So we have worked our way through all of these promises in this season of promise uh, that started right after Thanksgiving. The promise of Abraham, or promise to Abraham of an heir that will bless the entire world. The promise of, of Moses to deliver, to have a deliverance that lasts. The promise of Isaiah and Micah and the prophets of a Messiah. The promise to Joseph and Mary of a baby that would save the world, that would be God with us, Emmanuel. The promise of a king to the Magi a king that would serve his people and the promise of a new kingdom to every believer. And all of these have been fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus is the heir of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, and David. Jesus is our deliverer, our new Moses, leading a new people 
to a new promised land. Jesus is the promised Messiah. You remember the, the one chance in 10 to the 17th power that, that one man could fulfill just eight Old Testament prophecies? Jesus fulfills not only those eight, but 300 more. The promise of a baby born to save the world. The promise uh, of, of Jesus being the king who was born to lay down his life for his people. And Jesus brought the new kingdom. And he brought it here. We can live in it right now. And we will live in it forever. It's linked with salvation. It's linked with eternity. Jesus described eternity. He, he told us, in fact, he defined it. He said that eternal life is that they may know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So he described eternal life. He defined eternal life as knowing Christ and knowing God. So the kingdom has come because eternal life has come. We live in this kingdom now today and it goes with us where we go we bring the kingdom to the world that's why we're still here have you ever have you ever wondered why you came to Christ but you're still stuck here it's because you need to bring the kingdom to everyone you know they need to know him too do you know Jesus do you know him personally? Have you recognized him as king? Are you a citizen of heaven? A citizen of the kingdom of God? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. You need to answer that question this morning. There's no more important question you'll ever face in your life than this one. Is Christ my king? A few weeks ago, I, I, I said, Jesus had this question for his disciples, who do you say that I am? That's the most important question you can answer in your life. Who do you say that Jesus is? Is he your king? He can be starting now. It's a simple prayer. A whole new life begun with a simple prayer that acknowledges sin. God, I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've done things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I'm going to trust that Jesus came to save me, that he is the Messiah, that he is my king. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Come and let me know. Let someone know you have a new king. And you're a citizen of a new kingdom. Maybe this morning you're, you know Christ. But the truth is you're sharing the throne with him. The throne of your life. Will you give up your sovereignty? Will you give up your place on the throne and put Christ where he belongs?
Father, we thank you for the promise of a new kingdom. We thank you that the new king has come bringing the new kingdom. Help us to recognize Jesus as our new king, that we might be citizens, kingdom of heaven. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.